I give you Paula. <clears throat> Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Paula, and I am a member of the Al-Anon family groups. It's good to be here. This is not my favorite thing, and I don't think my husband's made it back from the agenda meeting, so um, I want to share something with you while he's not here. <laughs> um, today is a very special day. Uh, 17 years ago today, we were married, and... Um, I remember when Esther called and asked us to come, well, we, we decided, well, that's our anniversary. And we weren't sure at first, so we talked it over. And uh, we both came to the conclusion that had it not been for the program, we wouldn't be celebrating 17 years. Um, so I'm very grateful that she called, and I want to thank them for asking. Um, I did get Larry a little gift. Um, he's going to get it tonight. I'll just kind of brief you on what it is. <laughs> it's red and it came from Victoria's Secret, so. <laughs> um, I told him I had a little surprise for him tonight, and, and I think he's kind of got the hint. His eyes got kind of big, and so if we retire early tonight, you know why. Um, so don't come knocking on our door either. <laughs> um, I am very grateful, um, especially today. Um, Larry didn't get into it a whole lot last night, but um, Larry's been having some struggles, and without you know going into detail, I, I have found myself, and I don't care how long you've been in the program, if you think you've got it made, you better think again. Because um, I had found myself falling for the same things that I had fallen for before. Um, I wanted to help. I wanted to fix. I thought I had the answers. Um, and it's very easy to get back into that. Um, I think today that if, if my relationship with God is right, then my relationship with everyone else in my life is going to be right, including my husband. And that's where it needs to begin first. Um, and I kind of look at it as, and I don't know if anybody else has done this before, but kind of get to a point in my recovery where I was a little bit complacent. I was still involved in my home group, my meetings, and um, service work. Um, and I kind of look at it like um, I'm in a little canoe, and uh, I want to get to the other side of the lake. Um, but I kind of depend on the waves to get me over there. And sometimes I stray a little bit this way and stray a little bit this way and the waves take me here and there. And, and I have two oars. And sometimes I just don't pick them up. But I want to get to that other side because I've been there and I know it's peaceful and it's serene. So I'm coming out of it with a lot of help through sponsorship and meetings and... and I'm trying to let go um, of Larry uh, and his difficulties and just be there. So a lot of sharing, a lot of talking. And we've sat down here lately, probably the last month or so, at the kitchen table with coffee and just sat and talked, which is good. So I'm very grateful today, and, and I, I think this was meant to be, to be here this weekend. 
I don't talk a whole lot about my childhood. Nothing spectacular happened. I, I grew up in Williamstown, which is just uh, north of Parkersburg, a real small town. I think we had like 80 people in, our, in my graduating class. I didn't like school. I couldn't wait to get out. Um, the speaker this morning was talking about her not being endowed. I wasn't either, and I hated that. I had three sisters, three beautiful sisters, and... Um, um, was always jealous of them and they were cheerleaders they were majorettes and I was just kind of a tomboy um, my my father even used to say I think I wore a training bra up into eighth grade <laughs> he used to say I had two fried eggs and it used to really hurt my feelings um, still do I guess it's like but um, I met Larry it was, I guess it was 19 years ago um, and uh, I remember when I, when I graduated, which I barely graduated from high school, I just didn't like school. I got into a few things in school and I hung around with the wrong people and, and I did some things I probably shouldn't have done. And my mother was really strict. Um, my father was a construction worker. He worked away a lot. And um, so he wasn't there, which was fine with us. Because um, when he was there, he was strict too. But you really couldn't get nothing by mom. Um, so when I, when I met Larry, um, I was real anxious to get out of the house, and I think that's part of the, part of the reason that I married Larry. We fell in sick, I think, and, um, we didn't fall in love. It was, I don't know what it was, lust, whatever it was. Um, but there was something different about Larry, um, and... To this day, I can even re I can remember sitting down after I think he told told you last night that um, he ran his girlfriend off the night that I met him, and we sat down that night and uh, and I sat down across from him and we laughed and we were having a good time and I was drinking he was drinking um, he was drinking a little bit more, um, but there was just something about him. Somehow I knew he needed me. And I was going to be the one to change his life. Um, but I also felt needed by him. Um, he just, he, there was that warmth about him. Um, he had that sparkle in his eye. And nobody had ever made me feel that way before. And I know before we got married, I, I made him um, get his teeth replaced because <laughs> he had them knocked out. And I said I wasn't going to marry him until he, he got teeth. Um, and he did have really long hair. Of course, back in the, in the 70s, that was kind of popular. He had long hair, so he got his hair trimmed and, and got his teeth. And, and uh, my mother was really upset. I remember when I got my engagement ring, um, <clears throat> we were at the ball field. He played softball a lot. We were at the ball field. And, and uh, he gave it to me, and I couldn't wait till the game was over. I ran home to show my mom, and she said, you give that back. And she was serious, and, and I believe what Larry said last night. She saw something in him that I didn't. And, and I was thinking this morning um, when I got up that, you know, 17 years ago, today I said I do, and it wasn't but a couple weeks after that I was going, I did, I did. I can't believe I did this. Oh, my but we did get married um, in 79, and I knew 
that I was powerful enough to change Larry. I knew that Larry drank some. Uh, the night we met, even, we had went to another party, and um, he had gotten pretty drunk, and the party was at an upstairs apartment, and he had to go up a fire escape, okay? And along the fire escape, there was a drop-off to a driveway, and when we left the party, Larry walked right off the fire escape and fell into the driveway. We ended up picking gravel out of him all night, I think, and, and, um, and I was there that day. I was there the half an hour early to pick him up for work. Um, and I kept seeing these, and I did have a nice car. Love to have it today. Um, I was sitting out there waiting on him, and I seen all these guys coming by, and they were pretend like they were doing something. And I thought, what, you know, what's going on? They wave at me, and I'd wave back, and I didn't know for a long time that that's what he was up to. Um, he was sending them out to, I guess, check me out or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Larry promised me he'd quit drinking, and I, I don't remember asking him, but evidently I did. So evidently I thought there was a problem even then, early on. I knew that Larry's attitude changed when he drank and I knew that mine changed the drunker he got I was so um, I guess determined that I was going to make him stop and I would do anything um, I knew Larry was a good person and I knew there was always a good person in there and I was going to be the one to bring it back um, like I said, two weeks into our marriage is, is when he came home and, and uh, thought that I was seeing this guy that I went to school with, and, and I was asleep. And the next thing I knew, I was on the floor and the bed, the whole bed was on top of me. And, and that's when I had my doubts. I thought, God, Mom was right. Um, she, mom, moms do know best sometimes. Um, but I hung in there, um, and things like that happened a lot. And not only on Larry's part, but my part. I was the I was the type that usually would hold my anger in, and I could only hold it in so long. Everything seemed to go inward, and I would hold it in so long till I just couldn't stand it anymore, and it, I would come out in a rage. And the times that I would do it would be. When I knew that Larry was drunk enough, he couldn't defend himself. Um, the night I, the night that I broke his nose was not planned. I mean, it was one of those nights we were out, and um, I wanted to go home because he was getting drunk. Or maybe it was usually what it was is he promised he'd take me somewhere to a movie or something, and, and we'd never get there. Um, and I, what had happened is I was sitting across the street in the parking lot watching. I was going to, because I had seen his old girlfriend come in the bar. So I was sitting across there watching. And sure enough, here they come out the door. And, and in, in no time at all, and I, I'll never forget um, the feeling that came over me. I didn't care if I really, really killed somebody. Um, and it's like, Nothing else mattered. I just wanted to hurt somebody. <clears throat> well, 
for the longest time, Larry didn't realize it, but the, the punch was meant for her, not him. He just, he just kind of got his nose in the way. Um, so every time I have to look at him and see his crooked nose, I, you know, I, I know that I was responsible for that. Early in our marriage, um, uh, probably just a couple of years into our marriage, I wanted to have kids. Um, I was already getting to the point where I felt um, no love from Larry because today I believe love is an action word. Um, sort of like we were talking in the meeting last night that gratitude is action. Um, I just couldn't figure out why we would go through hell the night before and then he'd say he loved me the next day. Or why he would um, throw me on the floor and sit on top of me and try to strangle me and in one minute say he loved me. Um, is it any wonder that we're as confused as we are? Um, so there, there were times that, um, like that that I couldn't, you know, that I just couldn't take it anymore, and, and I would take advantage of that. And uh, Larry was talking about his father last night getting into the program, and and I was in the program then too, and, and Larry was still drinking, but he did he did know some people to connect his father with and we were staying with his mother and um, one night um, I went and picked him up <clears throat> which I I hate that because I used to say no I'm not coming to get you and I'd, I'd end up just falling for it um, and he kind of just fell out onto the sidewalk when I opened the door and said he was going into the bar this was the bar that they lived beside of and I said oh no you're not and I just um proceeded to, to kick him in the stomach and in the head and, and it was like I couldn't stop and he didn't know for a long time he thought he fell down the steps and um, two years I think after he was sober I told him that I did that um, you know and I'm not proud of those things either and it's just where alcoholism took me um, or the effects of living with an alcoholic um, but I wanted to have a baby because I felt like I needed something to love that would love me back and that I knew I could depend on. Um, and I found out I couldn't have kids and I felt real devastated by that. Um, and still, I think to this day, there's only one thing that's gonna fill that hole up for me and that's God. Um, because I still have a desire to want to be a mother. I think that's just a part of me. Um, but I remember when I was in the hospital and I had my um, surgery, um, at that time Larry was drinking and, and I could see that he was trying real hard. And I remember the night after my surgery I woke up and I had a really bad dream. I don't know whether it was because of all the stuff that they were giving me. And, and I remember calling him. I just wanted him to come up, just to sit with me, just to hold my hand. And um, when he picked up the phone, it was early in the morning. And, um, I could hear this racket in the background. And I said, who's there? <laughs> and uh, he said, Gary. He said, no, I can't talk to you now because Gary's going through the trash can looking for beer. And uh, he hung up on me. And... And I remember hating him so much that morning. 
But I know today that um, he was dealing with it the best way he could. That was his way of dealing with not being a father. And, um, but I didn't understand that then. Um, and it still is hard sometimes because I know he'd make a wonderful father. Um, hang on here a minute. <laughs> so I think I pushed all that inward too. Um, and I remember uh, when he first went to treatment back in, um, it was almost this time of the year, back in 82. Um, even though after all the things that had went on, I can remember him coming to me with the place I worked. I was, I was doing some like, private nursing, and I was at a lady's house, that, um, and I was taking care of her mother, and <clears throat> I remember him coming and telling me what he was going to do, and I begged him not to go. Can you imagine that? Um, I just didn't understand. I, I thought that all he had to do was love me enough and care enough about me that he could stop drinking, that he didn't need to go away. I didn't want him to go away. And, of course, back then the treatments were 28 days. I think he was there 34 because um, he got drunk right out in the parking lot. But... <clears throat> But I was just scared, and, and that's you know that's all I can say. I was just scared. I was I didn't know what was going on. I was confused. Um, I thought at that point we'd only been married three, four years. Um, I still felt this that I needed him, drunk, sober. I needed him in my life, and. Um, of course, when he got up there, I heard somebody talking about couldn't. Um, I wasn't allowed to see Larry or talk to Larry for a week. And my God, that was like that was like forever. And um, and I remember when I went up to see him the first time. I remember how different he looked. Um, he looked a little bright-eyed, and and um, he was put starting to put weight back on. He, he was. I don't know, he's down to about like 130 pounds, so he was starting to, to really look bad. And um, I thought, well, maybe there is something here. Maybe, maybe they are going to fix him. Um, and that was my thoughts. They're going to fix him. We're going to leave here and, and, and be happy and, and whatever. Um, well, that didn't happen. And the day that he told, told me about Al-Anon, I had no idea. I had never heard of AA. Um, for all I knew, Al-Anon was a country. I did not know what it was. Um, and I remember, I remember crying about it when he said I had to go there. Um, I thought, God, it's a treatment center. It's, you know, because he said I was sick. I, I believed him. <laughs> um, but we waited till he got back. And... Um, we went to, the, I think the first meeting we went to was an open AA meeting like he had talked about last night. My first Al-Anon meeting um, was in March of 82, and I went to a, a big Friday night meeting we have in Marietta. It's the AA groups. Um, 
46 or 47 years old, something like that. And they had a beginner. They had a lot there. They had the Alateens. They had a beginner's Al-Anon and a regular Al-Anon. They don't have that anymore. But um, And I remember going and, and um, feeling um, kind of out of place. Um, I was only 23 years old, and um, everybody there was 30, 40, 50. And I felt too young. I felt... Um, out of place because I didn't have a book but and I don't know why that sticks out to me I just everybody had that blue book and I just thought I had to have one um, I hadn't been anywhere to get one I don't know how I thought I was going to get it so that night the books back then were four dollars and fifty cents and I didn't even have four dollars and fifty cents to buy one so they gave me one and I paid for it fifty cents at a time or whatever um, <clears throat> I don't remember a whole lot about that meeting because I kept thinking about Larry being out in the in the big AA meeting and I thought sure as my meeting was over I was going to go out there he wasn't going to be there he was going to sneak out and run downtown get drunk but he was there and that started our journey in the program um, I wish that we had stuck to it but we didn't I spent four years in and around the program and for me there's no way I can consider myself a member during that time I was not a member I took a lot I just took a lot I didn't give um, I didn't work the steps I sat in meetings during that time and waited for something to happen waited for Larry to change everything that I read I think I've got to show this to Larry. He's got to see this. Even the steps, I think, well, these are, these are good for Larry. You know, we, we really, and I truly believe that we could die waiting on somebody to change. And I felt that for a while I was at that point. Um, so I just sat there. I don't know what I thought. Something was going to drop in my lap. I don't know why. And... When Larry would go back out and get drunk, I'd be on his tail. You know, I just couldn't stand being in an Allen on meeting when I knew he was downtown. Um, along the way, I, I, I learned some things, and like I said earlier, I, some days I would do them and some days I wouldn't, especially this enabling. Hardest thing I ever done was to, to say no to him when he called, and it was zero degrees out, and he begging me for a ride home. Um... So one day, you know, I'd say, well, Al-Anon said, you know, Al-Anon tells me I can't do that. You find your own way home, and I'd hang up the phone. He'd call, and he'd call, and he'd call. And sometimes I'd give in. Um, sometimes I wouldn't. That, that was real hard. Um, and we talk about letting go and letting God and a lot in our meetings. And it's got to be one of the hardest things since I've been in this program that I ever had to do. Um, I just felt so responsible. Um, so I, I hung around in Al-Anon. I, I did a few things. I was, like he said, I was a treasure. And I just, um, I, I knew he was taking money out of there. And, and we didn't have hardly any money. You know, some days it was um, open the refrigerator and there'd be bread and milk in there. And I would stand at the refrigerator and I'd cry. And I'd think, I have nothing to eat. 
And or there'd be times when I, I would think, God, I just wished I had two bucks for a pack of cigarettes. And and I knew, like Larry, he said two or three times, I think I've heard him say it in his lead, you know, the phone bill would come and it'd be you know, it'd be forty eight dollars or whatever and we only had fifty. Hell with it. You don't pay it. You know, and I and it, it's almost like he had me trained to the point where I know if I didn't give him that money or he ha- didn't have access to the money to drink on, it was going to be hell either way. Yeah. So um, we were in debt and we had bill collectors calling and, and I, did, I went through the whole thing of um, calling his employer and I hated that. Um, I hated that with a passion line for him. And I just felt like such a phony. And um, I would call up and say, he, you know, he was sick, he had the flu, he had a sore throat, and blah, blah. And then I'd hang up the phone, and I'd go in, and I'd sit by the bed and put a warm washcloth on his head. Um, don't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd, I would do all these things, and I was back and forth and back and forth and, and didn't know what to do. I wanted to do Al-Anon, but I didn't. And... and I was going crazy. I felt crazy. And I felt like if, um, if I don't do something, I'm going to end up hurting myself or really hurting him. Um, it's not a very good outlook on life when you go to bed at night and you picture your husband laying out in a casket. Um, and I always had a lot of trouble sleeping. Because he was, like he said, he was a barroom drinker, and um, so he would stay out real late. And I had a lot of trouble sleeping. I just could not go to sleep until he was home. And it's really weird because when he got home, I'd pretend like I was. <laughs> um, and just dare him wake me up. Um, and Larry was really funny. It was because when he'd come home, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever, he just had to make sure I was up out of bed. And if I didn't want to get up, he made me get up. And there were many nights he drug me out of bed and took the covers and, and uh, wouldn't let me have any covers and, and things like that. And he'd, he'd order me to get up and fix breakfast and, and I'd do it and to craziness. And it wasn't, it was probably, well, it was in July of 80s. Well, before that, a couple months before that, um, is the time when um, Larry came home and um, and he just came right through. I'll never forget it. He came right through the front door. He didn't say a word. He he shoved me down. He was sitting on top of me, calling me every filthy name you could think of, and and had his hands around my throat. And it was like I think today it was a blackout. I don't know. Um, it was like he snapped out of it, and he said, oh, I love you, Paula. And um, <clears throat> that's when I wanted to die. Um, and at that time, I was still having some problems um, from my surgery. <laughs> and the only thing I had in the house was muscle relaxers, and, and I took a handful of them, and I went to bed. <coughs> And I don't know if anybody else in here has ever done that, but the minute I laid down, I had that that um, moment of clarity or whatever it is. And thought, oh my God, I probably took too many. Um, 
they were big pills, but and I remember looking at looking at them in the palm of my hand, thinking, I don't, I just don't care. I am tired of hurting. I'm tired of the pain. And I remember thinking, this is a good way to get even with him. Now that's that's pretty sick, but that's what I thought. Now he'll say to you know he'll say at my funeral, poor Paul, I should have done this, I should have done that, and and I wanted sympathy. And I think the big book talks about it now. We wanted nothing but their companionship. We were both looking for the same thing, but we didn't know how to go about getting it. Um, today we have that. So it's very important to us. Um, well, I didn't die when I took those muscle relaxers. I had a heck of a time walking the next day. I was a little pretty limber, but Larry had by that, by that time passed out. Um, and I didn't tell him. And of course we made up the next morning and, and um, or did we really make up? I wonder about that because I just held so much in here. And when he wasn't looking, I would look at him and, with hate and, um, but anyway, um, I guess in order to make up or whatever, we went to Bob Evans to eat and, um, we were sitting there at the counter eating and Larry was pretty quiet. I thought, well, I've got to tell him this so he'll feel sorry for me. I told him, I said, um, do you know what I did last night? And he said, what? And I said, I took the rest of those pills I had. And what I thought, or what I wanted, was him to say, to give me some comfort. And uh, he threw his silverware down and he walked out. About a month after that, um, I got on my knees and... Um, it was the first time I'd ever done that. I'd had people tell me, and I remember when I used to go to my home group and I'd say, you know, I want to have a baby. They'd say, pray about it. God's in charge. Um, just pray about it. And I, and I just feel like, tell them to shut up. I don't want to pray. You know, and, and somebody said it, this is, this is my lot in life. And I might as well just settle for it. Um, but I got down on my knees that day, and I asked God to take care of Larry because I couldn't do it anymore. And um, that's the first sincere prayer I had said. And um, from that day on, I remember the very next days when I sat him down, I said, this is it. This is what I won't tolerate anymore. And I hear a lot of people say we set boundaries and... and this is just not what I was going to do anymore. Um, I felt like I was going crazy. I either needed to move forward or just drown with him. And I just knew I couldn't do it. And it's like having your back up against the wall. You have no other choice. You have nowhere else to go. And, um, and that's the way I felt. So after I sat him down and told him, he, he was like, oh, she set me free, and, and in a sense I did. Um, and I, I told him, I'm not going to take the abuse. I'm going to call the, the authorities if I have to. And, and what was scary was I was really going to have to mean what I said. That was the hard part. Can I follow through with this? And for the most part, I did. Um, well, the biggest part of it, I did. I was able to, to say what I meant and mean what I say. Um, 
So it was very hard going to bed at night and Larry coming in and, and being drunk and he would, towards the end of his drinking, he would usually pass out in front of the commode in the bathroom. And um, I'd go in and make sure he didn't bust his head open and I'd go back to bed and I'd leave him there. And there were some nights that I'd get up five or six times and I'd want to pick him up and put him in bed and I, I just knew I couldn't do it. You know, I sort of looked at myself like a big broom and I was just going behind Larry all the way, just cleaning up the mess, cleaning up the mess, and I had to stop doing that. Why would he have any reason to get sober? Um, when, when I was there taking care of everything, making it all better. Um, so that's when I got really involved in my program and, and for, for like July till he got sober in February. Um, we lived like, um, I don't know, roommates or whatever. We didn't sleep together. We didn't eat together. Um, I was going this direction and he was going this direction. And, and, um, I don't know if that lady's here, but I talked to her last night and, um, I felt like I was leaving him behind. And I know I kept praying to God, um, to help me be patient, tolerant, loving and understanding. Like it says in the big book. I wanted that because I was beginning to believe that um, this this was a disease, that Larry didn't want to do the things he did, not that he shouldn't be responsible for the things he did, but that he didn't really want to do them to the person that he loved. And little by little, I started having a little bit more compassion, and I didn't find it so necessary to to uh, retaliate, want to fight back, um, Sometimes he would come home and he'd still throw these filthy names at me and he'd have me clear through the house, backed up into the bathroom where I couldn't go any further. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't say anything. I'd keep my mouth shut. My big thing to say to him was, we'll talk about this tomorrow when you're sober. And um, sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. He even, in that period of time, in those few months, he started feeling real threatened by Al-Anon. I think he could sense that, that I was growing, or to him it felt like um, he's told me that I didn't love him anymore, that I was, I was going in another direction, and, and he, he felt real threatened by Al-Anon. And I was telling somebody last night that, that uh, he'd throw my book out in the street, he'd open the door and throw my book out in the street, and... And he would physically try to keep me from leaving the house to go to a meeting. And I was so determined. What he'd do is he'd come home and he'd, he'd sit in front of the door. And we lived in an apartment, so there was only one way out. <laughs> um, and he'd sit there, or he'd stand there, and eventually he'd slide down, he'd be sitting. And eventually he'd pass out. And I don't care if the meeting was already into a half an hour of it, 45 minutes of it, I'd grab him by the feet and I'd slide him out of the way and I'd go. Um, I had to do that two or three times. Um, I remember the day that he called me um, and I'd heard this story so many times before, just like I'm sure a lot of people have. Paula, I need help. You know, and, and, and I wasn't going to fall for it. I wasn't going to jump in the car and run down there and drag him out of the bar. 
I said to him, if you have an honest desire to quit drinking, you get a cab and you come home. And um, he was there within five or ten minutes. Um, and I'd already, as soon as I hung up the phone, I was packing a suitcase. You know, I, I was willing to let him go to treatment this time. I wasn't like the first time. Um, it's like, go. <laughs> um, and we had called a member of AA. And, and But the thing that I noticed is when, when Larry came home, I saw what the disease had done to him. And I really believed that I understood, not from an alcoholic point of view, because I'm not alcoholic, but from those those feelings of fear, shame, guilt, um, despair. I just understood where he was at and was able to love him unconditionally that night while he sat in a chair and told me every dirty, rotten thing he ever did. And to let him know that I understood. Because I wasn't an angel. You know, I think that's why I avoided... Um, the steps for so long. You know, I didn't want to do that fourth step. I didn't want to do that fifth step. I can't share my secrets. They're too painful. They're too embarrassing. <clears throat> but I knew, um, I knew that I had to do that. I just, I don't know that anybody told me that. But I knew that if I didn't do them, if I didn't let them go, get them out, that I wasn't going to go anywhere, that I wasn't going to grow. I just sort of instinctively knew that. So I began to work my steps. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and I did them out of the big book. Um, my fears, my harms, uh, my sex conduct, um, all that, the list, the whole thing. <clears throat> and I went to, um, uh, a lady, actually, that was in the AA program. She's a counselor also. And the main reason I went to her is because I knew by law she wasn't allowed to say anything um, about what I was going to tell her. <laughs> so I went to her, and, and I remember her saying to me the same thing that I said to Larry that morning. I understand. And, and I know a lot of people feel such relief after they get done and I felt some relief that, that I had shared myself with her. And, um, but it was like the work is just beginning. And I did exactly what the big book says. I went home after I did my fifth step and, and I looked over the first five proposals and, um, and I didn't leave anything out. I knew I just, I just knew I couldn't. Um, and, um, and I got on my knees and I'd done the, the seventh step prayer out of the big book and I sort of felt like Larry um, as far as step six is concerned I was ready to be that person that was kind that was loving that was caring that didn't hold resentments and and jealousies I wanted to be the person that someone different than what I had been um, and I think that's the the willingness and, and the wanting to be ready um, uh, I don't know how else to explain it, um, but to get on my knees and, and humbly ask God to remove all those things I think that block us off from Him, <clears throat> of the sunlight of the Spirit. 
and I really, after after I started into the steps and I got into my amends, and I really started feeling good. And um, I started making amends to my family members, and and like Larry says, we on a daily basis we have to try to make amends to each other by showing each other some love and respect and by practicing the program under our own roof if we can't do it there how do we expect to do it anywhere it has to start there um and i remember had to make amends i ran into larry's old girlfriend (laughs) um i remember i was coming out of the store and out of the grocery store she was going in and I got in the car, and I started to drive off. And, and that's the thing about this step. God seems to provide the opportunity. And I just put my head down, and I said, God, please help me do what I need to do. Um, so I waited for her. And she came back out, and I pulled, kind of pulled up beside her, and she stood back a little bit. And um, <laughs> she stood about two feet from the car. And I told her um, that I was in a program now, and I know I had done her harm, and that I would never do it again, and I hoped she'd be willing to forgive me. And um, she said, yes, and I'm sorry for the things that I've said and done to you. And I remember that when I made that amend, I went home to Larry, and I said, my God, I think I've got it. You know, it just felt so good. I thought, I don't have to hide from her anymore. When I see her, and when this usually I did before, oh my God, there she is. Run, duck, hide. I don't have to do that anymore. And somebody was talking in the meeting last night about, um, about doing the, when somebody leaves us. I can't remember who it was, but when somebody leaves us, we, you know, maybe passes away or whatever, we don't want to say, oh, I wished I should have done this or I should have done that. And, and I remember that um, when it came time to make amends to my grandmother, um, my grandmother lived with three active alcoholics, um, violent, abusive, you know, marriages, and, and she knew. And she used to just despise Larry, too. And... Um, we used to live next door to her, and she'd come over and she'd pound on the door and tell us to cut that crap out, and she wasn't going to tolerate that. And and I don't know why, but I just it just drove me further from her. And um, and then when we moved, we only moved a couple miles away from her, and I just would not go see her. I wouldn't call her. Um, I was resentful and I was angry. And um, I remember the day I, I made amends to her, and I was telling her that I hadn't been a very good granddaughter. And from that day on, I was going to change that. Because um, to me, amends just isn't saying, I'm sorry. Why do we, you know, why would we want to do that? If we're going to do that um, and turn around and treat those people the same way, we're wasting our time. Um, I have to really be ready and willing to want to change my part of this relationship. That doesn't mean anybody else is going to change. My grandmother's still ornery. Um, sometimes she really has some 
funny things to say. <laughs> um, she was one of these ones that tried to make you feel guilty. She'd say, God, I suppose if you came out, the house would fall in, you know, or why can't you pick up the phone and call me once, you know, and it'd just pile the guilt on. So I changed that, and, and um, we spent Christmas with her. I might be her last. Um, she has cancer now, and but I just love her to death. And had I not done what I needed to do, I wouldn't be able to be there. I wouldn't be able to be there for my mother who lives with her. Um, I wouldn't be able to just love her unconditionally. And, and knowing that when she leaves, that I won't have to say I should have. I wished I would have. I don't have to feel guilty about that. So when I made my amends, it was a big, um, I don't know, it just was a growing point for me, and I became so enthusiastic about the program, and I had been involved a little bit in service, and and it just made me want to do more. Um, just felt so excited. I just felt like that I had been given that new life, and I really needed to give it back. Um, and I started sponsoring some people, and I started going to assemblies, and and was a DR for a while. And, um, the same year that Larry was elected alternate uh, alternate delegate, I was elected alternate delegate, West Virginia, and um, and I enjoy doing that. Um, my term will be up in in another year, but. Um, I don't know whether I'll stand for a delegate or not. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll make that decision after I go to New York with Larry. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And I know that um, even though in the last couple of months things have been a little, a little hard, and I've had a hard time grabbing those tools like you were saying last night, knowing that they were there, being in that boat, and I can't seem to pick up those oars. Um, then I'm terribly grateful for the people that just allow me to do that. And they listen to me and they don't say, come on, Paula, snap out of it. You've, you've been dealing with this too long. Or they just kind of let me go. And um, so I have had a hard time because I love Larry very much and I'm very proud of him. And I don't care how long you've been in the program. And it doesn't seem to matter. You want to save the ones you love. You know, my head tells me one thing. But my heart doesn't always feel that way. Um, but I'm really glad for those little talks that we've had at the kitchen table. And um, and I think it's how it just when we can truly be honest with each other. And I told him that one morning. I said I I feel like you're so sensitive now that I can't be honest with you. And he said, Be honest. I said, okay. <laughs> um, and I, I've been able to do that. And I'm glad his, he's been able to let me do that. And, and we can talk and share about it. Um, I am really looking forward, I guess, going to New York. Neither one of us have flown before. And um, I know it's just going to be a short flight, but still... <laughs> Um, he was sitting at the table one night and he said, I heard he was talking to his sponsor and he said, um, 
Yeah, Paula's going to go with me, but I think she's scared to fly. And I turn around and I said, and you're not. He said, hell yes, I am. Um, he said he was just going to put his head between his knees all the way. And, and I said, well, I might have to have a drink or two. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a driver. I like to drive. I like to be on the ground. I think. I've never been in the air, so I don't know. Um, I feel like, I, I guess that's my way of saying, I feel in control when I'm driving. <laughs> um, so it's going to feel like a little bit out of control for me. But I understand that going to New York is, is a nice experience and, and that they're going to have plenty of activities for me to do and, and that I'll get to meet a lot of um, Al-Anon people up there. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and this is what service has given us. And and I feel responsible to give back what I've been given. Um, I just think about what if nobody had been there for me? You know, I owe I owe that to that newcomer. Um, and that was one of the things that I was going through that I felt real bad about um, in the last few months. I felt myself wanting to withdraw again and not pick up the phone, not reach out. I was reaching out probably more to Larry than anybody, and I needed to get with my Alan on friends and um, and the people that I sponsor. It was like I don't have time for your problems, and that's real selfish, real selfish. And I realize that, and maybe it'll happen again. I don't know. Um, I hope it doesn't, but it probably will. You know, I think think the big book says. Um, you know, that there are going to be problems, and that's the way it's it's supposed to be, you know. Well, we've made it 17 years, and we've made it through a lot of things. And our love has grown stronger, um, more honest, more loving, more caring, more respectful of one another. Um, and I think it will continue as long as we put the effort in. Um, it takes action on both parts because it's really hard to live with somebody that's that's not going after the same things that you're going after. And, and we still believe today that we don't have to work on their relationship, that we work on a relationship with God, and it seems to work out, that there's not a whole lot of effort. Sometimes there's a lot of talking and a lot of sharing that needs to be done. And when we stop the talking and the communicating, and get so busy in other people's lives. And I think that's where we found ourselves. We were so busy going this way and that way and helping this one, this one, that one, and that we just kind of forgot about ourselves. You know. And and next to my relationship with God, Larry's the most important person to me. So I have to take time for him. And um, and that's what I'm going to do this weekend. And I'm glad you made it, Larry, because you missed the first half. Everybody else knows what's in store for this evening. <laughs> Thanks a lot for inviting me, and I hope if there's one person out there, I helped, and, and that's what was supposed to have happened. Um, Thanks a lot.